Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say in this service, uh, we ask for illumination that the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. And we can comprehend much more as you want us to add. As we approach more light in the world. And we say every heart is stable on your grace. Every heart is fixed on your law. We can be able to comprehend the mysteries of Christ clearly. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, my women of this. One fundamental way about the preacher of the world is that he must be meticulous with the information. I explained to you, I said, one fundamental way, uh, one fundamental thing about a preacher of the world is that he must be meticulous with the information, especially information contained in the books of the Bible. He must be meticulous. That is, you must be well detailed with information. And what characteristics of a bishop is that he must be apt to teach. If you read in First Timothy three, verse one to two, Paul said the quality of a bishop is that he must be apt to teach. Apt to teach, there is from the Greek word the daskalos. The daskalos that is. He must have an ability to explain. So you and I, as a Bible student, must have an ability to explain the scriptures. You must have an ability to explain the scriptures. So you must be apt to teach, always ready to teach. Why are you learning? Why are you studying? Why are you here every time? I'm teaching you and explaining to you. So that you can be apt to teach. And what Paul was explaining, it was, it is not an oratory skill. Explaining the scripture is not an oratory skill. It is not something you will learn in public speaking class. How? When I was doing public speaking, I said, how? You have to be, uh, you have to be approaching, explaining your, your, your text. Have you ever did public speaking class? <laughs> then I say, uh, give a short speech on um, on uh, how to bake this. You know, say, yeah, brethren, nah? no, you won't put brethren. <laughs> you say, um, how to bake cake? Uh, you just put the thing. They say, um, no, you you should have done it this way. No. It's not a rich skill. Explaining the scripture is not a rich skill. And that's why people have missed it. It's not a rich skill. It's not an ability to talk well or something. It's, you must, it is an ability you received via training. Just the same way you are being trained, you train others the same way. It's an ability you will, you will learn and receive via training. So, you must be what? Meticulous with what? Information. Look at 2 Timothy 3.14. Let's go there. 2 Timothy 3.14. 2 Timothy 3.14. It says, But continue in the things which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom he has learnt it from. Continue what you have learned. 
Aya. So I continue what I'm doing. He says, continuing what you have learned, knowing of whom thou was let it from. So Timothy was to continue the things he had learned. And who did he learn it from? From Paul. The things he has heard and learned from Paul. And he was to commit the same things to faithful men. We shall be able to teach others also. That is copy and paste. The same way Timothy learnt it from Paul. He copied it and pasted it. He copied from Paul, then pasted to his people. The same way the people he's training will paste and copy the same thing, or copy the same thing and paste it to their own people. He must commit it to faithful men. Faithful men will mean those who can handle the message well. Are you that person? Are you a faithful man? Who can handle the message well? Are you a faithful man? You know there are some people that a pastor cannot be confident of. Because you know that they will go and say rubbish or they will go and do their own. They will feel like it's my time to shine. <laughs> when the pastor sent you to go and preach somewhere, you have to give more honor to the man that sent you. It's not my, this is not the side of my message. You have to. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not a time to shine. Faithful men. That's why you are being trained. You copy. Pastor Naika was saying something and he said. In, in an African country, they went to some time. These pastors were there, and the pastors were asking, and they, some people were asking that, ah, Pastor, these are your people. We didn't even really miss you because your, your pastors were talking like you. They didn't. Pastor said, Pastor said, <coughs> Who should they be like? Is it you? People that they have been, it's only my voice they've been here for the past 15 years and more. What else should they reproduce? That's, that's the question you asked them. Is it only my voice they've been hearing? So what else should they do? Should they come and do like Guru Maharaji? Are you getting what I'm saying? You reproduce how you learnt it. Copy, paste. Say copy and paste. Copy and paste. That's how it works. With. Copy, paste. So the Bible teacher must be well trained. In how to interpret text of the books of the Bible. So you and I must be well trained on how to interpret text of the Bible. That's the essence of Bible hermeneutics. The whole essence of this Bible hermeneutics is how can you interpret text? Some of you are looking for extra biblical sources on how to interpret text. Follow what I've taught you all through this series. You will understand. Remember the author. How many of you remember? The author, the text, and who? The reader. Code and the encoder. Yeah. So you can shop like this. This people that is even giving me goosebumps. Ah ah. Ah ah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so and you must be well trained on how to interpret this. 
And it is a function of faithfulness and diligence. Is it because you have to be faithful? Faithful with what your teacher has taught you. Be diligent with what your teacher has taught you. Is a function, and that's what brings the ability. Let me tell you. Eh? If you desire a man, and this is not part of my message, but let me put it as a side. Many a times I hate I hate deviating when I'm teaching doctrinal issues. I hate deviating to other things. So you should let, put that one too as your side note when you are teaching doctrinal message. Stay focused. Many a times it helps. But let me just say this. When you desire the grace of God in a man, ah, be faithful, be diligent. Are you getting it? Be faithful, be diligent. So, what has brought many things today? Lack of training has brought a lot of false teachings and practices. Lack of training. I want to be my own man. See, you will enter a Must I teach like he's teaching? You will enter a That I want to be my own man is what has killed the body of Christ today. That what have created denominations, false conversions. It has entered a lot of spiritual growth of believers. So a Bible teacher must pay attention to what? Details. Say, pay attention to details. You must pay attention to details. The Bible teacher must be trained. He must be taught the art of Bible interpretation. Bible and monotics. He must. So he must be meticulous with information. The three characters in interpretation, I said, the author, who is what? An encoder. The text is the what? The, the code. And the reader is the what? I'll come again. The author is the what? Encoder. The text is the what? The code. And the reader is the what? The decoder. And we've explained what the text means. And I explained to you the semantics. Remember? Many of you remember? Semantics, the Greek word is semanticos. That is the study of meanings. We explained what text means. We explained the reader. And we explained the author. And it says, what are the norms of language? The text, the reader, and the author. Did we explain the vocabulary of interpretation? Check your notes. Did we explain the vocabulary of interpretation? We assess the meaning and the implication. Check. Did we explain that? All right. Now, Now, let's move on. I think that's where I stopped. Let's move on. Let's see. Let's start again from vocabulary of interpretation. What is the vocabulary of interpretation? Number one, meaning. What's the meaning? 
And I said this will refer to the pattern or the intended meaning the author is transmitting in the text he presented. It will refer to a pattern or intended meaning the author is transmitting in the text he presented. This will refer to a pattern or intended meaning the author is transmitting in the text he presented. And when we say vocabulary of interpretation, you know, you are not the one that will give meaning to the scripture. It's the scripture that will give meaning. You know, it's just like your biology textbook when you read it. It's not you trying to find out the meaning of what it's saying. It already has its meaning there. You are the one just trying to find out its meaning by reading it. Are you getting it? Look at implication. In interpretation, I'm explaining implication now. There is also implication of words. In interpretation, there is also implication of words. Implication is the meaning in the text of which the author, when speaking, was not aware. Implication is the meaning in a text of which the author, when speaking, is not aware. Then we'll start seeing some examples. Implication is the meaning in a text of which the author, when speaking, was not aware. I will explain. Just like when I'm teaching now, you know, I can give some examples that doesn't even fall in the line of the teaching. I maybe mean, I've, I've noticed that in some of the teachings I've done. I'll just say something very off point. That's an implication. You know, if somebody picked that message that listing, you know, thinking, ah, how did this example enter into this conversation? Or maybe I say Abraham is a goat now. How did Abraham is a goat enter this book of what I'm saying? That's an implication. Somebody will now read, hear me or read this and now ah, Abraham is a goat. How? Probably is a goat, maybe. How? Now, so we'll now start seeing some text. Let's see. So this is how we will end. So if I can explain this thing to you now, your head will open up to the scriptures. Are you ready? You know how to explain the scriptures and interpret it all. Alright, let's see. We will see the literal meaning and we will see the implication. That's what we want to do now. Examples. Number one, circumcision. We will see how it was used and we will see the implication of that word. The word circumcision. Circumcision. Look at Galatians 5 verse 2. Let's study. What we'll study? That's the essence of our Saturday meeting. Study or we pray. Be that to What we'll study? I don't even like this. Study Bible. I don't even like this. I like Bible study. I don't even like Bible. I like my head being packed. I used to have a deep. Remember when I was studying for Bible study? Chamata popped into my house. And she was like, Is this how you study? 
as they have seen this one, Mavi and me. So we used to say, when you're studying God, you're not fellowshipping around the world. Ah, how come you have not fellowship before? <laughs> because you're trying to crack your head. You're trying to find the... You're trying to decode this there. You're trying to decode it. Ah. I think, I remember, I remember, like I said, I study for eight hours. Eh? Every day. Eh? Sir. He said, this is as I was studying. My head is paining me. Eh? <laughs> Alright, let's study. Galatians 5 verse 2. Let's see what Paul said. Galatians 5 verse 2. We will put a lot of scriptures now because we want to do some Bible. This is what we call Bible in Otis. Perus the scripture. I don't know if I read it. Perus it. I don't know if I've jumped Perus before. <laughs> I just remember it as I thought. Uh, Implication. 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 There's one song of two faces. Implication. I did not say you should sing it though. That people used to lose him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Galatians 5 verse 2. That song used to be my color tune many years ago. Ah, I like that song. Ah, I'm born again now. Glory to God. Since Jedi, I never even listened to any. I don't born again. I never, even, I never hear that this is Jedi. Glory to God. Ah! Spelling with thank God for my life. Jedi, I never. <laughs> Behold, and like I never play him. Ah, he shocked me, go. Like I just carry my body, play. Maybe because I know release new song. Maybe because I know if you release one, ah, that will start fighting. I'm born of the world. I keep my commitment. He start, he start confessing the word. I will list it. I will list it. Let him release one. All right, behold. I think we need to take this up out of the audio. All right, behold. I Paul. I say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Somebody is saying, what does he mean? Look, because if I want to address, this is what we want to do in this today. I will finish this series, or series one, and we'll come back some other time. What, what we want to do is, we want to pick critical text, and see the literal meaning, and see the implication of, if you, and see some implication. Now, let's read it again. Behold, I, Paul, Say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. You see something? Within that same text, he said Peter was to be blamed because he redeemed himself for not Jews between the same book. Look at Galatians 2, verse 9. Remember, I used to tell you, you don't read in. in in verses and chapters, you read in paragraphs. 
So many a times, to even get what a chapter is saying, you have to read the whole book. Are you getting me? Now, he has said something about circumcision and he talked about Peter in this same book. Look at Galatians 2 verse 9. Please pay attention. Galatians 2 verse 9. And when James, Kephas, Kephas is what? Peter. And when James, Kephas and John, who seems to be Pilar, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave me to Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. We are going to read in verse 14. Follow. To fellowship that we should go on to the Athens. The Athens are the Greek Gentiles. When you see Athens, it means the Gentiles. Do you get it? You know, it says, and when and they unto the circumcision. Now, <clears throat> verse 10. Only they would, only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also forward to, to do. Look at verse 11. But when Peter was when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. For before that certain time from James. He did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he rejoined and separated himself, fearing which were of the circumcision. Look at what Peter did. So, let me tell you the story. Peter rejoined himself because of circumcision. Now, Paul was saying, I withstood him to the face. That is, I talked to him now. Why would you do such a thing? Do you get it? Follow now. Look at verse 13. And when other Jews disassembled likewise him, in so much that Barnabas also carried away with their dissimulation. Dissimulation would be they had a quarrel. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, that either be a Jews, us after the manner of Gentiles, that is, you are a Jew, why are you living according to the Gentiles? And also not to the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as the Jews? Now, there's a book of story there. It's as though some things are challenging. And circumcision is the major word. Circumcision is a practice of the Jew. Follow carefully. Circumcision is one practice of the Jew. Just the same way in our Yoruba tribe. Or in Nigeria. After eight days, you name your child. It's in Nigerian culture. It is here in America I found out that. The very day you are, the child is giving birth, you are naming the child. In the hospital. How many of you know that? In American culture, as the child is as the child is being born, they are already giving the child the name. So they will put the name on the tag of the hospital and they already pasted the name of the child. There was one Nigerian people that gave me one time. They say, ah no, we cannot name the child yet. They now put no name <laughs> on the child. <laughs> I don't know why. People are very superstitious on those type of things. Just give your child a Wologo, it's this. Anyway. <laughs> now, so the Jewish culture, and one thing they hold esteem was circumcision. Now, the word circumcision in a literal usage, literal meaning of circumcision now, when you see if it's okay, let, let me tell you what literal meaning means. Literal meaning means Abraham is a goat. Take it literally. So that is, we named Abraham a goat, but he's a goat. That's literal. Are you getting me? Well, we now want to say contextual meaning. Abraham is a goat. He's a goat without me. He behaves or has the character of a goat. Does that make sense to you? So that 
he makes sense. Ah, he has to make sense. Abraham is a goat. <laughs> now, so literal meaning means what it means on surface level. Are you getting this now? Now, so circumcision is a literal usage in the taking away. In literal usage, it means the taking away of a foreskin of a male. What does that mean? A foreskin of a male. A foreskin, F-O-R-E, foreskin of a male child. You know what it is? Tell me what it is. Exactly. That thing. Yes, they still do it. But the Jews is known for that. The Gentiles don't do it. They still do it here. I'm talking, you know, we are talking about Bible days now. So it's the first king of the private part of a man. Abi, they take out. They make the 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 women they say the, the male child will cry when they want to do it, right? They will use knife to cut. Ah, so they did it for me now. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. Now, in the book of Galatians, now watch carefully. In the book of Galatians, it can be safely applied to works. So now, what does circumcision mean on the literal part now? Removing the first kid of a new child, right? Now watch carefully. So circumcision to the Jew will reply or will mean works. Remember there is grace, what God has done in Christ Jesus. Now, in the book of Galatians, when you read circumcision, it simply means works. Works in the sense of W-R-K-S. Work in the sense of they are striving to want to please God and not relying on the grace of God. Now, in the passage of time, circumcision was now no longer spiritual. But it now became cultural, and that's why many cultures today have adopted it. Before, if you notice Abraham, Abraham wanted to go and circumcise Isaac. How many of you remember that story? He circumcised Isaac. The way it was a spiritual thing. But over the passage of time, it now became cultural to the Jews that ah, this is our practice. Just the same way, even in Nigerian and even. Me, I say Nigeria because I know of that culture more. I don't know of other cultures. Much that do it, I don't know. But I know that Nigerians do. They do that. But it's a very cultural thing. Now, watch carefully. So, the literal meaning of circumcision will mean cutting the foreskin, right? But the implication of that statement in the context of that passage will mean the works of the law. Does that make sense to you? In the implication of that context, because listen, Paul will not have been saying, if you go back to, let's read back that, um, look at Galatians 5 verse 2, everybody open it. These are the periods you have to open your Bible because little, little things like this will skyrocket, you will know how to explain the scriptures. So remember, there is a literal meaning 
and there is an implication. Now, look at that Galatia service too. Behold, Paul, I say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Do you think he was talking about the first king? Are you getting it now? You know, if you pick the literal meaning, that's it. Ah, if they cut my meat, you know, it doesn't make sense. What is now that circumcision? The works of the law. Does that make sense to you now? He says, so the other point is, if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. So that is, if you keep walking in the, in the course of the law, Christ will profit you nothing. Does that make sense to you now? So there is a literal meaning. And this is the implication. So many at times, when we find the literal meaning of a word, we have to see how is this being related. We want to say that okay, what's the context? Does that make sense to you when you are studying? Does that make sense to you? All right, let's look at another one. So the literal meaning was cutting the foreskin, and the implication was the works of the law. Let's look at number two. Don't wear what belongs to a man, that which pertains to a man. <laughs> How many are interested to learn this one? <laughs> eh? Eh, number two. The you know, next one was circumcision. That which pertains to a man. Let's do number two. That which pertains to a man. Now, I will do like three to four. I will do like three or four to you. Then I will give you five as example. I will give you five as assignment. No assignment. Eh, classwork. Yeah, it's, this is a school now. Classwork. So you now do the literal meaning and the explanation. Ha! Are you ready for, for study today? Are you ready? Now we're going to What pertains to Alright, what pertains to a man? Let's do that. Look at Deuteronomy 22. Because I need to. You, if you can know this here, ah, and listen to this series over and over again, you will understand how to. Because I will, have, I will still reteach you some other parts again. But take this one for now. Are you getting me? Take yes, this sir. one for now. Look at Galatians 22. I say Galatians. Deuteronomy 22. Open your Bible. It will make sense when you see it yourself. That's one of the sense of opening the scriptures when you come to a meeting. So that when you are opening, when you are reading the Bible at home, the same understanding you used to see in the scripture, you will now start seeing it that way. Do you get it? Look at Galatians 22, verse 5. Deuteronomy, sorry. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. I think I need me some. And some drink with some cake because something is about go down. This guy cannot even keep your words. What concerns you? I'm the one who did the puppet. Do your words. This is not 22 verse 5. Oh, say, what was the last for the movie? Good try yourself. <laughs> 32 verse <laughs> <is> 5. <laughs> the woman! <laughs> Whatever evil you have in your heart cannot stand. <laughs> implication. <laughs> Literal meaning implication. The wise eat to this at the year. Wow. Cover yourself now. Drop your book down. Let's go. <laughs> the woman shall not wear that which pertains to a man. <laughs> the woman shall not wear that which pertains to a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. Ah, we need to explore this. <laughs> 
<laughs> this has deceived a lot of people, especially Abraham. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, what's my business? What's my trouble with Abraham? What is for life? He died. <laughs> for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. If a bird's nest chance to be before thee, in the way in any tree or on the ground, whether they shall be young or a hex, and the dove sitting upon the young widow follow closely, and upon the earth shalt thou take the down with the young. Look at verse 7. But thou shalt not in any wise let the down go and take the young to thee, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest prolong that day. When thou buildest be, be the house, thou shalt not make a battlement over thy roof, and thou shalt bring not blood into thy house, and if any man fall from thence. So in verse 5 now, literally speaking, it simply means don't wear clothes that belong to the opposite gender, right? Because it says, thou shalt not wear that which pertains to a man. Now, that dressing culture or that dressing pattern was used to call homosexuality in their time. A lot of people don't know that homosexuality has been existing a long time. It was used to call homosexuality in their time. So the wider implication in looking at other tests lies in much understanding of what was written in the child. Now look at something. In verse 8, look at verse 8 of that text. It says, you should not, in the literal means, don't create a balcony so that no one would what? Fall. Right? Look at verse 8. It says, when thou buildest it out, when thou make battlement for thy road, thou shalt not bring blood upon thy house if any man fall. So the literal meaning would mean, don't create a balcony. It's all of you that have upstairs in your house. According to the law of Moses, you are finished. <laughs> the literal meaning will mean don't put back on it so that no one will fall. That was the word he was trying to make you see. What is the implication of that text? Both texts. Remember, what was homosexuality? Mm. Why did they say, don't dress that way? The way they use it to call homosexuality, right? Why did they say, don't build the house with park only, so that nobody will fall, right? What's not the implication? Love your neighbor. What? That's the implication. That's why the Bible told us that Jesus summarized the word. What did Jesus summarize the old Ten Commandment to be? Love. Really? So the essence of the law was to love your neighbor. Don't do something that we have somebody. Why are you even dressing the way you are dressing today? So that brothers will not fall short. <laughs> I'm talking to Fimi. Why will a guy dress up well so that sisters will not fall short of the glory? 
So what's the implication? Love your what? Your neighbor as yourself. So even though it is in your house, so you will build a house. <laughs> what Moses was teaching them? Build a house so that somebody will not fall from your house. Still love your neighbor. Why would you dress the way you dress? Because you love your neighbor. You don't want the neighbor to stumble. So when you want to explain that to believers today, you can simply go to the Old Testament to explain love your neighbor. Does that make sense to you, people? Are you thinking? Are you guys thinking? Oh my God. Are you guys thinking? Focus, focus. Are you guys thinking? What's the old law summarized into? Love. Love. So why would you be a backbone in those days, in Moses' time? Because I love you. I don't want to give something that will make you fall down. Simple. So what's the wider implication? Love your neighbor. What was the literal meaning? You know, in our today's day, don't we all belong to the man? No! They missed it. Trousers is not going to be the one that will make people stumble. In Scotland, they wear skirts. <laughs> Men wear skirts. So it's not about whether you wear trousers, be you don't wear trousers, be. It's about even if you know there are trousers you will wear or there are skirts you will wear, even the massive skirt that you will wear, that you will, a brother will still stumble. <laughs> I think it was maybe two years ago, here MVC Award, African Magic Movie Night Award or something. That Nigerian celebrities, eh? so as though they came different. Uh, uh, there's this award they do in this Grammys. I don't know if you have seen their red carpet. You watch their red carpet. My goodness. You, you know that their designers are their designers. The, some people wear skates, and you know that they skate and they skate. Indeed, mm-hmm. the, thou shalt not wear what belongs to a man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you were in secondary school, I mean, sorry, high school, so it's rather more that did do those things in Africa. You people, they not allow you people to wear skates. You people work in a fork and the gang. I don't know if you were in secondary school. Now, what? You know that you evil people, especially you mm-hmm. girls, that you're evil. You would not when your church, when your when your your pinafore was coming up, you did not take Jesus. it down. You still left it there. <laughs> what was your intention? <laughs> to, well, you know, in my school, I went to this holy school. They used to wear pinafore and everything. They would have carry bag. So carry bag. Like what was your intention? <laughs> What was the intention? There was one game. I, I wish to mention her name, but one day I know she will stop all my messages. I don't know what her name. This game will wear something. This is how she is. She is. <laughs> like this, so. It's time for her to go and change the pinafore and get a longer one. Then, no. With the boys, that's it. We're not, we're not, we're not deep group meeting with this game. <laughs> We say, sister, come sit here. What's your plan? <laughs> because you will not want to go and clean. You know all those things. Yeah, 
First Corinthians 16 20. It says, All the brethren greet you. It now says, Greet you one another with an holy kiss. Now, watch. Remember something in that place. The text is, in the above text, that place is literal. And it did not specify gender. That's something you did not notice. Or that you have failed to notice. You know, a mischievous way does it. Greet each other with an holy kiss. We have to ask the word. He did not specially <laughs> acting the word. I put the word on my lips. <laughs> putting the word on your lips. You say, ah, anyway, well, you thought us putting the word on your lips. So I put the word on my lips and carry it to somebody. Calm down. <laughs> he did not specify gender. He simply said. Let all the brethren greet you. All the brethren at the voice, brothers and sisters, greet you. It now says, Greet ye one another. It did not say, Boys, greet girls. Girls, greet boys. It says, One another. Boys and boys can greet one another. So, so we mean, we not kiss one another. I did not say that. I think they have to correct it now. <laughs> so, mischievous people that will listen to this. <laughs> I don't know if they'll pause and then, mm. Okay. <laughs> I, I talk um, <laughs> no, I did not say that. Now, so was he referring to the use of the mouth? That's the question. Actually, it is a form of greeting. Only keys was a keys of affection practiced by familiar people. Only kiss was a kiss of affection practiced by familiar people. That is, you touch the brethren with your mouth and not on their lips. Familiar people. Affectionate. Only kiss was a kiss of affection practiced by familiar people. That is, you touch the brethren with your mouth and not on your lips or the mouth. 
So it's just a form of familiarity, greeting people in a familiar way. A cultural thing. But you know in our today's day, suppose the Bible people encourages kissing. It says, greet with holy kiss. Ah, ah. So that is to touch the mouth and not the lips. Uh, to touch with your mouth and not on their lips. They're like, mm, but not on the mouth, on the lips. <laughs> In the literal meaning. In the literal meaning, in the mind of the maker, he was talking about a kiss which is done on the hand, forehead, or cheek. In the mind of the maker, mind of the person that even wrote it. Remember the author, remember. He was not saying they should not be kissing people. He says, so that is, is what is done in the hand, mm, in the cheek, mm, in the Head. forehead. It was cultural. Used to, and it was very cultural. It was used to demonstrate brotherhood. In our today's day, in Yoruba culture, it's not cultural. <laughs> in Nigeria culture, that's not cultural. I think that's more cultural with the Americans and the Italians. And with the French too. Are you getting me? But in Nigeria culture, you gotta kiss away the bear, we will slap you. And this is a wicked sister that I've been I know it's those sisters that have been praying for God to give them marriage partner. Since those are the ones that used to be wicked. <laughs> you know that say give this other with an ability else. Ah no. But it was a cultural thing then. Even at, I think, uh, uh, I think I was watching one of these, I think it was in the inauguration. One of these presidents was Peking Obama's wife or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, in our today's day, a, a, a typical Nigerian man should say, eh? Now my wife, he is so. <laughs> <laughs> Now evil guy. Now, now, now I expect so. Ah, show. You get mine. <laughs> no, no. Do you get it? So it's a cultural thing. Now it has a wider implication. In the implication, the implication is that. Remember. The writer never knew the book will be read beyond his intended audience. So Paul wrote that place now. Paul did not know that that Corinthians who will be reading it today. You know, it's not as though, let's say, I traveled now and I write to people a letter. And in 2015, people are now reading the letter. You know, that's not what I foresaw. Let's say I say, uh, let's say I wrote a letter. I traveled now and I write a letter to the church to hear, and I say, uh, greet one another for me. 
with an holy kiss. And I say, say to you, Brown, take it to your mission. You know, things like that. Say to Brother Collins, pray for him. <laughs> you know, you put at the internet. Are you seeing how they wrote read their letters now? Just like in those places where they say, Hey, Prophet, say, fellow servant, pray, labor if I ready for you. Say to him, uh, to this, Demas has forsaken me. For he forsook, he, he loved the word more than me. You know what? For his, for, just imagine, I write a letter to everybody and I say, Tony, my own sister, has forsaken me. She loved the word more than me, but pray for her. <laughs> you know, that's how it works. Now, you people will be the one to understand. But, and I say, greet each other with an holy kiss. You know, now that I've taught you, you know what holy kiss means. But in 2018, ah, the Bible says, greet one another with holy kiss. Paul did not see the wider implication. That's one thing about the text of the scriptures. And we have to, that's why I say, we have to be meticulous, be detailed. Does that make sense to you now? So there was no, so kiss now involved over time. The word kiss now involved over time. Now when we say kiss in your mind, a French kiss. Somebody who say Bulgarian kiss. Well, I want to do kiss now. <laughs> you know, that's what will first come to your mind in today's 2021. Does that make sense? But in that time, when they say kiss each other, they will just hug an affectionate way of greeting. So the implication was not foreseen. Does that make sense to you? So is it talking about to go be kissing people around? No. Why are we explaining it? Because in 2021, the world has changed. You have to explain it. Because you will meet people who say, "Ah, uh-uh. Are you trying to say the Bible does not support kissing? 1 Corinthians 16, 21. <laughs> Greet one another. Are we not one another? <laughs> That's why we are explaining it today. Do you get it? Number four. Praising God. Have you seen how to explain scriptures now? Are you guys seeing it? You people will do number five yourself. Ah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I want to tax you. This number five will tax your brain. I'm, I'm going I'm to see. But we're in the classroom, right? We'll not do classroom. All right, number four. So I've done four examples for you now. So you have to do number five. Number four, praising God. Praising <laughs> God. Number four, praising God. Look at Psalm 150. Are you, on the, are you enjoying the Bible or not? Yes. Yes. Are you seeing how to study the Bible now? Yes. There is a literal meaning and there's what? Implication. There is the author, the text. See, see the author, the finisher. You see the reason why we are teaching Bible or not? This is the exact reason we are teaching Bible or not. There is the author, the reader, and the what? The text. The code, the code, and the what? What's the code? What's the decode? The decoder is the what? The encoder is the what? The encoder is the what? The code is the what? The decoder is the what? There is implication of what? 
Alright, praising God, Psalm 150. Are you getting this now? I believe that after today, when you pick your Bibles to read, you understand better, right? Psalm 150, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him in the mighty heart. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sounds of the trumpet. Praise him with the sanctuary and harp. Praise him with the chamber and dance. Praise him with the string instrument and organs. Praise him upon the Lord. Praise him with the loud cymbal. Praise him with the high sounding cymbal. Let everything that has bread praise the Lord. In the literal meaning, he was not saying gather all the instruments before you praise him. <laughs> Even though that's what he meant literally. Are you getting me? When you read that text now, in the literal meaning, you're thinking, while well, praising him, say, gather all the musical equipment to praise him. No. Even though, on the literal sense, it looks as though he wants you to gather all the instruments to praise him. But look at verse 5. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So the implication is praise him. Just praise God. You see why you have to read the whole book, right? The whole thing. Like, praise him. Simple. That's the implication. Just praise him. So he's not saying, go and gather all the instruments. Let everything that has bread, praise him. You know in that verse 5, he's not saying, let everything that has bread that can have one that can do this. He's not saying, let everything that has bread, praise him. So do you have to gather all the instruments before you praise him? No. Praise him. Does that make sense? All I want to do is to praise. So praise him. So the truth is that sometimes an implication the writer did not have in mind. There is sometimes an implication the writer does not have in mind. You know in 2020 now, when we write something now, we'll write it now. But you know the world will change before 2050. And what is very applicable in today, when it's getting to 2050, we have to start <laughs> readjusting and changing our language. And just like the way I explained to you that, many years ago, the word fufu is not in the dictionary. It was not even an English word. You know, our, our fufu now is not an English word. Just imagine. Our local fufu word is not an English word now. So that's, that's why you will meet a normal regular American saying, what are you eating? Pajajan fufu, ebang fufu, ebang fufu. Everything is now fufu to them. Because that is what they know now. So, if we now want to explain to a children, to a child now in 2021, that, ah, Esau sold his vitri for a morsel of pottage. You know, we can still safely say for a fufu to explain to a child. Do you get it? So, they did not foresee the implication, just like the way they wrote kiss now. They did never foresaw that there would be something called French kiss, something called Bulgarian kiss, something called Nigerian kiss. They did not foresee. All they saw was in, um, 
affortunate greeting. David did not foresee that there will be a time where people will be wondering. Let's check the instrument well. Test one, two. Test one, two. Test one, two. Test two, two, two. Did not foresee that one. All they foresaw was their people used the apps, used everything. But today we can still praise it. Now, number five, classwork. <laughs> Binding the words commanded as a sign upon one's head. So you say, ah ah, and it's classwork. Binding the words commanded as a sign upon one's head. The words commanded as a sign. Upon one's head. Words. Yes. Finding the words. W-O-R-D-S. Binding the words commanded as a sign upon one's head. Look at Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 to 9. Let's read it together. Then you'll do your password. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 to 9. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 to 9. He says, remember, binding the words commanded as a sign upon one's head. Then I'll only 6, verse 6 to 9. Are you there? Let's see. And this word which I commanded, this word which I commanded thee this day, shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. It is very simple. Unto thy children. And thou shalt talk to them when thou sittest in their house. And thou shalt walk it by the way when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. And when thou shalt bind them for a sign upon the upon thy hand. Remember that's the place now. Upon thy hand. And they shall be faultless between thy hands. And thou shalt write them upon the post of their house. On that gate, what is it talking about? Classroom, read it again. <coughs> yes, it is. Don't doubt your answer because it's very simple. It's very simple. Don't doubt your answer. He said what? Oh, true. And then that passage says, "Rise to remember." To remember the word. More. I like that one. Let the word of God come into you. I like that one. Speak it up to them. Yeah. Very easy. Walking in the way. Walking in. Yeah. Walking in the way. Walking in the light of the word. Yeah. It's very easy. Are you seeing how to explain the Bible now? So it simply means fill your environment with the word of God. Simple, with the word. That's all. Just fill it. Put the word on it. Put it around you. Put the word around you. Fill the environment with the word. Are you seeing how to explain the scripture? Your head must be involved. So you don't need spirit. Yes, you have the Holy Ghost in you already. 
So are you see that your senses has to work in in reading the scriptures. Are you getting it now? All right, let's do another one. Number six. Remember the assignment. The answer to that one is filling the environment with the word. Covering of the head. <laughs> let's study that one. Number six. Maybe we'll just stop here. We'll just. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do some other things that we'll call it a series. We we we'll put a peg on this series and we'll we'll move. This is a series I will teach for life. For life. So I'm not I don't want to rush it at all. That's why I'm taking my time. I will teach this series for life. Because the truth of the matter is, what a Bible preacher, what a teacher of the Bible would do is to keep helping people understand the scripture. So Bible hermeneutics is for life. So this is series one. We have millions of series to still do. Alright, look at 1 Corinthians 11. Let's unravel that thing that says covering of the end. 1 Corinthians 11. We want to do it together now. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 4 to 16. It's a long test. We want to read it together. And I want you to put your mind to what we are reading. First Corinthians um, 11, 4 to 16 is a long read. But I want you to put your mind to what we are reading now. We want to do it together. It's also, this is also classwork. Now, look at it. Verse 4. Follow through. You know, one thing that kills people in understanding the Bible is because they don't read it. The truth of the matter is this. You only follow what they taught you. You just don't read it. One thing that stopped us from not knowing the truth of the gospel at early is because they put die by fire in our head. So anytime you read the Bible, the only thing you are just is die by fire. <laughs> Did you get it? The only thing you are just ah uh-uh. wow, wickedness is many in this world. They... <laughs> That's all. We just don't read it. So one person is reading for us, they confusing us. <laughs> and then somebody said, if you wake up and see that you are a black man, just know you are a, you need deliverance. Wow. So does Kamala Harris now need deliverance? <laughs> you know, that chattered Elio Mox is from South Africa. Oh, you don't know. He was a, he's a black man. Don't let his whiteness deceive you. He was born in South Africa. He's an African. The richest man in the world presently, Elio Mox. So how does that one now need deliverance? Are we not the one that needs deliverance from him? <laughs> <laughs> Eva, Obama is a black man. So, wait is so just because you we don't have money. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all though. Just because there's no enough money in your pocket, you need deliverance. Wow. That's wickedness. It's wickedness. Anyway, let's we are still on Bible and not it. Now pay attention. Every man, verse 4. First Corinthians 11, look at it too. Every man, praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoring his head. Remember what we are studying is covering of the head. We want to study what does this covering of the head mean? It's a class role, so you will explain after. But every woman, 
that prayed or prophesied with her head uncovered dishonoring her head. For that even all one as she were shaving. For if the woman be not covered, let her be shown. But if it be shame or for it be a shame for a woman to be sore or shame, let her be covered. Verse 7. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head. That's where we got this cultural thing. That a man, once the man is coming to church, the, the shiny head will, will remove your cap. Well, let's study each other. Ought not to cover the head. For as much as the image of the glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. Emphasis on that place. For the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman is of the man. Neither was man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Emphasis on those places too. For this cause ought the woman to have power over her head because of angels. Nevertheless is the man without the woman. Neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also of the woman. But all things of God, all things of God, judge in yourself is it commonly that a woman pray unto god uncovered you know it has his judge things for yourself don't not even nature itself teaches you that if a man have a long year it is shame unto him but the woman have a long year is a glory unto her it says for a year is given for a covering but if any man seem to be contentious we have no such custom Neither the churches of God. Class one. So, uh, what does it mean? I think it related. So the long hair on fourteen and fifteen was just an example to explain what he was saying. So the head of the woman from the beginning is the husband, which is a God. Good. More responsive. I think it's talking about subjection. 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 Submission. To your husband. To your husband. Is it, is it about marriage? Yeah. Submission and, to marriage. And husband to wife. No, not husband to wife. Yeah. But he said the woman. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Read it again. That's where we have missed it. Thinking that the wife was. The Bible did not say husband will submit to wife. No, so, no. Dude, I just want to clarify now. Bible never said husband will submit to wife. Is the wife that will submit? Okay, but Bible says, wife submit yourself as I want to your husband, right? But Bible does say, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. So if you now want to say, husband, submit yourself to the wife as Christ submitted himself to the church, does that make sense to you? Oh. Don't let those stupid westernization enter your head. Do you get it? Don't be stupid. The man is still the head. That is how the Bible designed it. There must be order. So there's no swipe submit to your other submit to you. You know, Lori. I know some of you don't like those things because you you like feminism. Well, there's nothing like feminism in the scripture. No. So now, 
The key word in this place is it talking about covering of it? That's why you have to read in context. Is it talking about don't remove your cap? No, no. he simply brought this is what we call figures of speech to explain. So the literal, it was literal covering. It, it was very literal. When you read it now, that's why people will read it now. When they come to church, they will remove their cap. They, they, they say they will think that ah, God cannot hear our prayer. I remember mean, going to churches like that. They say you will put out and remove your cap. You are a boy. Remove your cap. Let your shiny hair. That's one of the reasons older men don't keep their hair. They feel like you have. The Bible says you have to. Is it not a shame? You have to cover it. You have to be skin so that the glory of God will be shining on the earth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where have we got into? <laughs> On the literal, it means covering. It is an action of submission. An action of submission. What the writer did not foresee. Remember, we are seeing what the writer did not foresee, is that different customs and different traditions would have different ways to express their submission. Because the Jews have a cultural way of submitting, and that's not just the Jews, it's scriptural. Because Paul explained it, so he was not talking scriptural. Cultural now was explaining scriptural submission to your husband. So now the key word in that text from verse 4 to 16 is what? Submission to the husband. Was it talking about don't cover your head, don't cover? No. There was just a key word you needed to get. Called what? Submission to your husband. So women don't have that mindset of, oh, the wife will submit to me. Just was no. The husband is your heir, though. Are you getting me? That is what the word teaches. Let there be order in family. Don't only give your suggestion. Let the husband give the final decision. That is order. Are you getting me? Let there be. So go grow up with this mindset. For even the married, the husband is the head in the family. Are you getting me? Don't let stupid westernization mess your mind up. The scripture teaches submission. So, I'm just trying to stay with my context on uh, Bible and the notice. If not, I will have dived more deep into it. So, we'll just stay here. As we, as we expand much more quickly, Immortals will see. So, there are literal forms of writings. So, have you gotten meanings and implications now? Does that get, make sense to all of you? So, when you read now, you are trying to decode the writer. Do you notice that what we did in these six things we studied now was to what? Decode what the writer was saying. How many of you noticed? We were just trying to decode the code. So, when you read the scripture, let the scripture, don't go and read, don't carry it right now, just say, ah, take the head off, 
I'd rather be babbing skin. I can't imagine Abraham and Kuridi on skin. Or Braki <laughs> Can you please bab it? Let's see. <laughs> Bro, to be my my one day. You will see when you grow, do you when you reach fifty years, you will see you will see I said it. We will still know each other. So you you will see I said this. When you start reaching forty something, you will see the thing will just will get tired. Because when I'm seeing you, I'm already seeing I'm seeing the smooth egg already. You see I said it. And I, I trust Kalu that time. That's what Kalu will do. <laughs> oh, submission. You're not slapping me like that. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright, no believe me. We can't fail. Alright, so they are literal. Let's try and close with this. And, um... Ah, time will fail me. I, I can't go. To... We have to. Okay, so we are not done with Bible Eminotics Series 1. So we would, we would look for Pavlin and Saturday, I would teach you again. We have to explain, we have to explain, um, we have to explain the literal forms of writing. I have to explain to you proverbs, what proverbs means. I have to explain to you the prophecies, how to explain and understand those prophecies. How to explain a literal form of writing called prose. How to explain poetry. I have to explain idioms. I have to explain hyperboles, that is, exaggerations on scriptures. I have to explain fictions and images to serpent all of those fictions, images. I have to explain, yeah, we have to explain those things, and it has to be in this series. So, we would, um, we would um, study. We have not done. We are not done. So we will study much more. But does does you understand? Let's use that scripture. That's this language. Do you understand? Now, so there is literal meaning and there is implication. Many a times, the writers did not foresee the implication. So our work in today's twenty twenty one. Is towards the cold. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Yes, you sure? You sure? You sure about that? <laughs>